0: Welcome back to Fabulous. Hi! I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Shannon Payne. Uh, and guess, guess what we're talking about today. This is just... This is the best. <laughs> this is the best topic. I've been so excited since we talked about it. I'm so stoked. We're going to talk about Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> she is amazing. Both the one sitting in front of me and the one that we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> um, um, Taylor's not my... My
1: my, I don't want to say maiden name because I think that that's yeah super sexist. My the name that I was born with, right? <laughs> uh, when I got married, I took my husband's name. Um, probably just because it was really cool.
0: That's <laughs> so fair. I could be Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> I, if you had not done it, I don't know. I think I felt like a really big missed opportunity. It would be a huge missed opportunity. Yeah.
1: Um. After going through all the work that is changing your name, I don't know if I I would have decided to do it again. But it's done. I paid for a new passport. It's been a bunch of years now. It's just my name now. That's fair.
0: See, that's why I didn't do it. It's so much work. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Like, I love my husband, but I also love the fact that he's like, yeah, no, we're married, and it's fine that you're not taking my name. You can keep her name.
1: It's such an interesting thing to change to take someone's name away when they get married. That feels like some ownership ownership shit.
0: A little bit. But
1: um, like our friends were talking about it the other day, you kind of want to have the same last name as your kids.
0: Right. For all kinds of reasons. Which that makes sense. I just fully intend on never having kids. Right. So it doesn't really matter. Crisis averted. Exactly. And if I do, then we'll figure it out.
1: Or they can pick their own. Yeah.
0: Everybody have a different one.
1: Exactly. Ooh, that could be fun. (laughs) 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 They'll pick things like Jelly Bean.
0: And you know what? If it makes them happy, go for it. Can you
1: imagine an adult like Supreme Court Justice Margaret <laughs> Tennessee Jellybean?
0: I kind of want to change my last name to Jellybean now. <laughs> 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 I said I was lazy, but that might be worth it.
1: <laughs> Don't forget to call your dentist. That's fair. I was feeling I just barely changed my Goodreads name to my right last name, and it's been five years. Oh, so. wow. I'm sure every now and then stuff will sneak up. And
0: it will still
1: have my old name on it.
0: There's a lot of things that I come up with that I did not realize was there. so if I had to change my name, it would it would be years down the line before I think I took care right. of everything. It's a mess. and the
1: longer you live, the more stuff you have your name on. Oh for sure. So you know what Also, some women um, or people who I don't know if it's super common to choose to take your partner's name anymore at all yeah but if you a lot of your accomplishments that happen before you meet your partner have that name on them right so if you're sitting in your office and your degrees are framed behind you but they don't say your name anymore
0: right. that's crazy that's kind of weird yeah
1: so do whatever you want with your name that's it's kind of what I feel like, me, but um it's a lot of work hmm. just factor that in when you're making your choice also um my, my name was Johnson, and it's right in the middle alphabet. It's, it's, it looks like it's towards the beginning of the alphabet when you're looking at the letters. Mm-hmm. But in a group of people with last names, you end up right in the middle. That makes sense. So whether they started at the beginning or the end in elementary school, I always had a nice center pick.
0: That's, which that's was, good. It was really yeah.
1: convenient. And now a T, I would have been at the end.
0: Like, oh, it would sure. have been good
1: half the time, but the other half the time I'd be last. So mm-hmm. I guess there's usually a, a W. I'd be second last.
0: Yeah, there's typically one of those. <laughs> there's
1: typically one of those. So also factor in alphabetical choices when you decide what you want your to It's last The little things be.
0: that sneak up on you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So, Elizabeth Taylor, um, when I. I've, I talk I've learned a lot about her and become really interested in her since it's been my name because people ask me about her all the time like Hunt we Stally, are I'm sure like we know each other or we're related um, which is not the case no <laughs> fortunately <laughs> I've never met her uh, but people want me to know a lot of information about her all the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: when uh, when Seth and I first started dating and became like Facebook official yeah my cousin, like commented on it if you got married you'd be elizabeth taylor and it just like oh, shush <laughs> lock it down oh Jenny. my god
0: <laughs> <laughs> let me have this don't freak him out <laughs> seriously it worked out You <laughs> well, stuck around he so. did no harm clearly. no foul <laughs> <laughs> it's just in the moment you're like hold up wait a
1: second yeah stop um all old women hear my name and give me a funny look uh-huh. like do you have violet eyes i get that one a lot. Do you get asked if you
0: have double layers of eyelashes?
1: No, because not a lot of people know that. That's true, and that's so cool. It's called, by the way, distac. Oh, I wrote. I wrote down how to pronounce it. <laughs> I should just read that. Disticky Wow, that didn't help me at all. That's a rough one. Um, it means she had she had two rows of eyelashes.
0: It's so cool. Like they. It's weird to me that that's termed, I don't know, genetic mutation is a weird term, and that's how I kept reading about it. It's a genetic mutation. Right. Give me that mutation, please. You don't think of them as a bonus. No. no. But it's a real bonus. It's a real bonus. Her eyes look incredible. That's
1: true. We pay other women to glue lashes onto ours. Every month. And she just looked like that. She didn't have to pay for it. It's really cool. Um, They do ask me, uh, oh no, she didn't ask me. I told you this the other day <laughs> when I was on the phone with my insurance company. The lady says to me, I always wear white diamonds for luck. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that commercial hasn't been on TV since
0: maybe I was four years old. But I do remember that commercial. Right. I actually remember being that young and thinking, I had no idea really what perfume was. I wanted that perfume. Right. I looked it up. You can still buy her perfume, but it's like Walmart now. It's a little less expensive. Okay.
1: Um, do you want to know how it all began? Yes, I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm really excited I, to tell you. Yay.
1: Um, Elizabeth Rosamond Taylor. That just rolls off the tongue. It does. <laughs> it is a classy-ass <laughs> name. Um, she was born in England. So cool. It's way Like,
0: again, just kind of serendipitous of this, you're now Elizabeth Taylor and you love with my love whole that. entire nice. heart. <laughs> More
1: than I think I'd like them to know, because it's a little embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, She was born on February 27th in 1932, born in the UK, but her parents are um, Americans. Okay. They moved over there because her dad, Francis, was um, an art dealer. Yeah. And his uncle, Howard, who kind of, he owned an art-dealing business kind of gave him a job and a career and then he was like now go do it in london
0: okay um, someone could tell me that all right
1: <laughs> so francis and his wife moved over there before they had any children his wife's name is sarah so sarah southern taylor um, was originally Sarah Southern, which is so, I love alliterative names. Absolutely, they sound so cool. Sarah Southern. Sarah Southern. I mean, if she had a lisp, that would be a really difficult time.
0: Yeah, that would have been rough for me as but, a kid. Right. Still to this day, <laughs> a little, little tricky, bit. But
1: but it sounds lovely. She was a stage actress.
0: Okay. Um, original
1: uh, when she was a little bit younger, and had achieved a, a little bit of fame, mm-hmm. um, and. When she was in that show and got some good accolades, they actually took it to England. And so in London, um, she was a little bit known as a she was a pretty young actress, but had a really successful role and people um, looked forward to her career. But she married Francis and retired from acting and wasn't mad about it all. Okay. She was um, she was a Christian scientist, so she was a pretty religious person. It's also in the 1930s, um, so it's not odd. For her to think, now that I'm married, this will be this what I do. Done. And I'll yeah. have children and, and be a wife. Um, and she was she was really into it. She was excited about it. So when Uncle Howard told him to move to England, she was like, "Oh, that's cool. People like me there. Okay." Oh, so she was cool <laughs> with it. She was totally fine. Um, they're from Arkansas City, Kansas, but they met each other in New York. Oh. So it's kind of neat like to meet a, and that seems very New York to me, like a New York meet cute. Yes. We both left our sleepy hometowns to make our dreams come true and then met people that were from the same place we were yeah. from. That's pretty cool. Um so he was an art dealer there. Uh he opened his gallery in nineteen twenty nine. So you can set the stage, the years that we're in now. And um Elizabeth's brother Howard was born that same year. Okay. So there they are, the three of them in London. Um, Howard, are sorry, not Howard. Francis is making a decent living. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not enough for the way Sarah wants to be living. Okay. But lucky for her, Uncle Howard and another man, um, Victor, Cal- I think
0: it's Casalay. That sounds right. Listen. That, well, based need, off of reading it, that sounds right. I need to um, have
1: one of those apps yell French at me. Until I can
0: learn how to pronounce. it. I think I names. would still hear it and still
1: pronounce it wrong, right? I have a problem. I don't know, I know that I do. My mouth hasn't been trained for those no. sounds, so it could be complicated. Um, but Uncle, Ho- between Uncle Howard and Victor, um, who was a colonel um, and in the in the British military, and actually became a member of the British Conservative Party in Parliament, so he mm-hmm. served in Parliament for like nineteen years. And um, these two guys are both super wealthy and connected. And um, Sarah has them in her pocket, almost literally. Like some, wow. pe- some people speculate that some hanky-panky has, has or occurred. But, oh, okay. there's no founding for that. So it's probably it's just, just bullshit rumor. people yeah. say when women do successful things. Of course. It must be she gets
0: it with her coochie. That's the only way Maybe she could she do it. Maybe she gets it with
1: her sparkling personality.
0: Right? Maybe it's just her. Right? Well, I, and it really is because
1: um what, Elizabeth is pretty famous for being really stubborn and obstinate and always getting her way. Mm-hmm. And she got that from her mama. Guaranteed. Like, Sarah gets business taken care of. Yes. So... Um, these two guys start working with them, um, getting them a nice home. So they have um, like a housekeeper and a butler and a driver. Like they're real set up. They're well to do. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple of years later, they have their second child, Elizabeth. And they'll just have the two. And those two men continue to be a really big influence in the family's life, and it causes some big problems with Francis. Okay. And then there were these two other men in his family's life who were who could provide, who were more manly than he was Mm
0: -hmm. and it was
1: obvious that sarah was leaning on them and not him
0: that would take a toll
1: it's complicated so their marriage got weird as hell right and there was a lot of animosity and um my my read into it is that sarah's never responsible for anybody's bad feelings Uh, so if anybody's mad um it's not her fault it's not on her and really if anyone around her is successful all she wants is for someone to say thank you Which is annoying to me. Yeah, I don't love that. One of my main sources for the book is um, called Elizabeth. And it's by J. Randy Tara Borelli. And he is a little sympathetic to Sarah in the the book. Mm -hmm. And kind of talks about what Elizabeth owes her. And Elizabeth does become famous because of her mom. Uh, But at a certain point. Elizabeth is being a movie star. Right. And it's Elizabeth not is mom. taking her life in her hands. Right. And so all the time he's like, if she would have thanked her mom. And Elizabeth just, she doesn't do that. And she's also not a super considerate human in a lot of ways. Right. Um, but I wasn't feeling that bad for Sarah. And that's on my mommy issues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so instantly, um, she's born on February 27th. And I feel like there's a there's a mood with a February birthday what sign is that, you know? Oh, I should know. I should look that up. Oh, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll, okay, look it up while I'm talking. And um she's born with like fuzzy hair all over her. It's like hyper hypertrichosis where you have like um the hair that you grow all over your body in utero didn't fall off yet. So she comes out like a fuzzy little bear. Um and then she had thick black hair on her head. Um which, which she'll she'll keep forever. She has just thick, luscious hair on her head. She's a Pisces. A Pisces. She's a Pisces. Oh, that feels right. It does feel right. Because she is very much a water sign.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Here and there. But I wonder there's gotta be more to it because she's also like a real bitch. Like She has some angry, powerful emotions in
0: her. So there's 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 I always imagined she was born in October. I just felt like she had this like fiery (laughs) like Scorpio feeling in her. Scorpio energy for (laughs)
1: sure, for sure. I uh I dated
0: lots of Scorpios. And
1: I don't know a ton about astrology, but at a certain point I was like, this is clearly not working
0: for us. and We
1: need to step away. We need to not do it. But it makes sense because you're a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. I'm super drawn to those kinds of people. Maybe I just don't need to kiss them on the mouth, you yeah, know? Maybe that. Maybe that's what it is. Seth and I are the same sign. He thinks that's bullshit, doesn't believe in any of it. <laughs> um, but if he had ever read the description of what a Taurus is, he would understand that it is his actual identity. That's fair. Who he is to his core. And maybe that's just a coincidence, Seth Taylor. But maybe it's not. Um, So she's born with this fuzzy hair all over her body, and then this um, she doesn't open her eyes for like eight days, which could have been freaky. I don't know. I've never had a baby, but I feel like they usually open their eyes sooner than that. I feel like that happens pretty fast. So the fuzz falls away. She opens her eyes, and she's got these insane. Double-layered eyelashes. Gorgeous, ridiculous. Sarah becomes immediately obsessed with Elizabeth and is totally devoted her. She's teaching her as young as two and three years old, like, how to act like a lady, how to walk and sit and talk, and how to have conversations and be charming, like, a, like on an adult level. Mm-hmm. So she, from the time she's really young, is one of those old children. Okay. Who's a little disarming when they come in with, like, ideas.
0: Yeah, that could be a little off-putting. I see yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so it was almost like being raised to just not fit in.
0: <laughs> right off the bat, you're just
1: screwed. <laughs> she was also super protective of her um, and really ambitious with her designs for Elizabeth. In 1939, the Taylors have to come to the United States because um, war is breaking out in Europe. It's getting dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, So the kids and um, Sarah leave first. They take a boat across the ocean to Pasadena to stay with Sarah's grandfather. And it's on that ship that Elizabeth watches her very first movie. Oh, and what movie was this? The Little Princess. That is perfect. The Little Princess with Shirley Temple. And she turns to her mom and she says, I think I want to do that. Oh, my God. And her mom's like, well... California I mean here we come this can work out for us mm-hmm. and suddenly starts hatching a whole new plan to make Elizabeth an actress I think in England she was more like I'll have her marry some kind of titled man mm-hmm. right and just be fancy lady right but now we have a whole new world opening up to us and it works out that your daughter's strikingly beautiful yeah as a child mm-hmm. um, that's a thing that'll just be a part of her life forever that eventually she starts to recognize and use in interesting ways. Mm-hmm. She walks into a room and people are like, sure, Elizabeth Taylor, she's a big deal. And then they see her and they're like, wait a second. She is she, a big deal. Yeah. She's a presence. She doesn't look like normal people. No. There's something just they talk about how captivating her eyes are. And so you see her walk by and you're like, wow, that's a nice lady. She looks really pretty. And, and then, then she pierces you with that gaze. Yeah. And suddenly you're hypnotized. Mm-hmm. And she just owns you. It's and wild. yeah, she's just a really, really beautiful person. Um, but her eyes technically are just really blue mm-hmm. and appear purple in the okay. light in case everybody was really wondering about that situation. They do look fairly violet in mm-hmm. a lot of in a lot of photographs and stuff. Um, but when people are commenting on her, they'll say, like, these these cobalt blue eyes just drilled into mine. So mm-hmm. they also looked blue a lot of the time.
0: I get that. That happens. I have green eyes that look green in some lights. They look yellow in other lights. They yeah. look blue in other lights. I see that. People with hazel eyes sometimes have mostly brown eyes, mm-hmm. um, but
1: in perfect light, beautiful green eyes. Yeah. So, you know, people's eyes change color. It's true. So um, then Francis comes over later after he cleans up and finishes the business, opens a new gallery in California. Um, They get a house in Pasadena and life's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Victor um, Mm -hmm. sends a friend of his, Hedda Hopper. Is that how you would say it? Hedda, H-E-D-D-A? I think so. Hedda Hopper. She's a gossip columnist. Oh. And um, Victor sends her to the gallery to pump up some news for Francis to get him some famous people business. Okay. Um, So she goes over there and writes about it. Some um, influential people begin to shop at his gallery. And that is how um, Elizabeth eventually wins her audition with MGM, which in case you were wondering, if you weren't from the studio era of Hollywood, (laughs) that is
0: Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. And I'm not
1: positive I knew that before.
0: I remember seeing it pop up in the opening credits of some movies. Does it say the word under it the does. lion or some something? Some of them, some of them, it does. Not all of them, but okay. some of them, it would.
1: Um, they're a pretty big deal right now. Um, it's kind of MGM and Universal. Okay. That are making the biggest pictures. She gets um, um auditions with both of them. Oh wow! In 1941, Universal makes her an offer, and and she's like, I want to be
0: with MGM.
1: <laughs> But so, yeah. she goes with Universal because they are paying her money. Okay. And that's important.
0: <laughs> that is important. You kind of need that. <laughs> right. So in 1941,
1: she's cast in her very first movie called There's One Born Every Minute. It comes out in 1942. And then after that movie, Universal drops her contract. Okay. Just for whatever. She, mostly because they say she looks too old.
0: Which that was, she was she groomed did. to, not yeah. groomed to be that way. I don't know if that's yeah, the right groomed word. Groomed to but like, be that
1: way, but also um, was going to lean that way anyway. Right. And you know, people like that as children, like you look like a grown ass lady, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. she did. She looked like a grown up. Um, So they drop her contract. It's pretty, it's a bummer. She, they thought that they'd made it, mm-hmm. you know, you get a contract. And the way that the studio system worked at the time was you get a contract for a certain amount of years. They pay you a weekly salary and you do everything they say. Okay. So you have to be in the movies that they tell you to be in. And there's a morality portion of your contract. Oh my. So you have to behave the way they say you need to behave would be a wild yeah. thing. And if you step out, they put you on suspension and you don't get paid. I get suspended a lot. Right. So um, you say you don't want to do a part, suspension. You get pregnant, suspension. You don't get paid while you're pregnant, by the way. It's not a maternity leave situation. Oh, my God. Right. It's sketchy. You go on a date with someone else's husband, which we'll do a lot of times, mm-hmm. suspension. Oops. So um, it's, it's tricky and they exercise a ton of control over your life. I think we hear the most about that with like Judy Garland, yeah, and how they basically destroyed her. Because and they also overwork their stars a ton. Oh yeah, they'll be making five, six, seven movies in a year. That's crazy. It's insane. And it, it's not until televisions start to be pretty common in everyone's homes mm-hmm. that they're like, maybe we should make fewer movies but better ones. Yes, yeah. and that really changes the way movies work in Hollywood. And it makes sense because, I mean, there are a lot of television shows and some are better than others. Right. Right. But there's always programs on TV. And that's kind of how the movies were working. They needed to be getting movies into theaters. Um, but with everybody having a good TV at home, the situation changes a little bit. Makes sense. Which benefits um, a lot of us. They make some beautiful art now. Absolutely. And, and maybe those things don't open up to the world until this happens. So that's pretty cool. Um so eventually she gets signed back with MGM her dad has an acquaintance um from work who he's looking for a girl with an english accent for last he come home and he's like oh francis mentioned one time about his daughter so he calls him up and elizabeth gets a 7 year contract with MGM. oh nice yeah it's pretty great it's pretty great um when she starts to really move is when she's in national velvet in 1944 um she's perfect for this role for a couple of reasons she's english Mm -hmm. um she can already ride a horse
0: that is a skill
1: and national velvet is about a girl who rides a horse right so um she gets there and they're like this girl's too small
0: oh no she's little (laughs) so
1: they put the production on hold and elizabeth says that over three months she um by stretching and doing exercises eating more food and by sheer force of will she makes herself grow three inches
0: could you imagine being able to do that um I, she's I just, just the age of where kids grow fast I, <laughs> I wanted to be taller so much and no sheer force of will was making me get any taller if if i will stayed were involved way,
1: i would not look like this no i would have legs that would be reaching you under the mm-hmm. desk um so I don't. But maybe we just don't have the will. Maybe. are the right Elizabeth Taylor. That's maybe it. Because she gets what she wants. It sure does. Like a lot. Yes. Even when it's definitely someone else's.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Oh, M- yeah. Multiple times. <laughs> and <laughs> fact, just so repeatedly throughout the years. One person says in, in an article or interview, um, what would it be like to marry every husband you meet? <laughs> oh,
0: my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a
1: little real. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, man.
1: Uh, so she gets in National Velvet, and um, she becomes an actress. Mm-hmm. This is where she really does something. And there's this lovely um, quote from a director, who, sh- Richard Brooks, who will later direct her in um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Okay. That I would love to read to you about what um, is so appealing. Here's a girl on the big screen, bigger than life, idolized in thousands upon thousands of dark theaters all over the world by men and women. Some who want to emulate her, some who love her, a fantasy, a dream, but she is also so vulnerable that she could easily be hurt. Vulnerability is a counter, is a counterpart of humility, and Elizabeth really was a humble person. That's one of the things that made her such a great star. One could ask, well, who could hurt Elizabeth Taylor? She has wealth, she's affluent, she has men, she has power, she's a turret, a fortress, but she wasn't, and the audience knew it. It came out it came out of the screen, this vulnerability, and the audience reached out to her and wanted to protect her. That was Elizabeth.
0: Oh. Isn't that sweet? That's the sweetest. If someone wrote that about me,
1: oh my goodness. And I think if it, it rings true the more you know about her life, that she was she was fierce and forceful and mm-hmm. strong and she was also incredibly vulnerable. Yes. And physically vulnerable. Like she got she goes through a lot with she her does. health that yeah. really um, makes her seem like she there's something underneath her thick skin mm-hmm. that's very soft. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's not, she's um I think 17 or 18 when she starts getting engaged to men. So she moves quickly on she
0: this. She does not hold back. <laughs> you know, she's engaged
1: to William Polly Jr. Then she's engaged to Glenn Davis. And then she runs into Conrad Hilton Jr.,
0: hmm. who
1: goes by Nikki, and he's a douche.
0: He really is a scumbag.
1: Um, they get married in 1952, and she's 18, and he's 24 at the time. He's, he is one of those Hiltons, an heir to the Hilton fortune, and is just charming and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And she's so in love with him, and she's very ready to be an adult. She's been doing adult things for a long time now. Basically her whole life. And um, not having adult uh, decision-making, adult freedom. Mm-hmm. So she's ready to be um, out of her mother's sight for more than five seconds. It's a fair thing. And um, and also really loves the idea of being a wife and a mother. Mm-hmm. She's not adverse to this regular life as long as she's very rich. <laughs> That's the caveat. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she's, she's down for it. She's very happy about it. They get married. The studio is wildly involved. In fact, they postponed the release of her movie Father of the Bride to come out um, at the same time as the wedding.
0: Well, and didn't they like plan her whole wedding for her anyways? Yes.
1: MGM organizes the the whole wedding. Crazy. Can, can you imagine your boss being like, let me get in on this. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's crazy. So this the, this studio system really is just like, we're part of you now.
0: They have a hold on her entire mm-hmm. life,
1: and everything you do can come back to us. So check in first. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh my god, it's pretty intense. Um, it's super sad. Nikki shows his true colors pretty quickly. It doesn't take long. now on the honeymoon, he ditches Elizabeth and leaves her alone, crying to go and gamble. That just breaks my heart. It was way sad, and she's so disillusioned immediately because she's she's a sweet version but who's been a huge flirt yes and that's um you know we grew up mormon i can relate to being a massive flirt and then getting into the bedroom and somebody expecting me to know what the hell's going on and you have no idea no like sorry i get this far and then somebody says no so there's a line and i have no idea what's on the other side
0: i've always stayed on the side (laughs) of it (laughs)
1: you're gonna have to walk me through this slowly Mm -hmm. and i think he was um disappointed with what he found he thought he was getting this this um, worldly experienced ingenue, and she was really a naive, um, unex- inexperienced ingenue, and he didn't like what he ended up with.
0: That just—I'm going to say it again—breaks my heart. That is a horrendous feeling.
1: She has some attributes that really bring out the worst in people, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just being in general contrary. And I'm not going to do it just because you asked me to. Yes, kind of a move. Mm-hmm. She pushes buttons really well. And you have to be a certain kind of person to to have that be your relationship. Right. He didn't like it. Um, No. (laughs) uh, She's the kind of person who always gets her way. And he's the kind of person who wants to marry a woman who does what she's told. She wasn't going to be that. No. So it became incredibly abusive, physically abusive, really, really sad. Um, When her friend and mom find out, they kind of help her. Um, know what to do next and they get divorced after nine months.
0: Which is so brave when you actually think about it because of how much publicity surrounded that marriage.
1: Yes, she knew it was gonna do things to her reputation. yeah and she never admitted to anyone during the divorce that he had hit her. So like her her really close family had ideas they saw the marks on her body, but it was never confirmed by her and we didn't talk about it out loud really. No and especially not at that time. So they split up. MGM's not stoked about it. Well, they just spend a shit ton of money. Yeah. They made a whole thing and you're supposed to walk around being happy about it for a while. You're not supposed to like throw
0: away this gift that they just helped wrap up for you.
1: They're not super pleased. And she's Mm -hmm. bummed because she thought she was marrying her husband that she would grow old with. She's 18 already. Right. Divorced. Divorced. Well, she was probably 19 by that time, but that sucks. But
0: that's still so young. Not good. Um,
1: so she starts dating um, a married co-star, but he is separated from his wife. That's something. <laughs> um, her co-star from Love is Better Than Ever, Stanley donnan and that's just the first time we'll do this. Um, and I'm not sure if there's something about dating a person who's unavailable because she wants. I think
0: she, I think a little bit. Is it the thrill of it? She wants to win them. That makes sense. That actually makes perfect sense.
1: There, and when your life is only pretend things, you don't have. She doesn't have a real life. She's a movie star mostly, right? Um, maybe you think that that kind of movie drama is what real relationships are about. And then your first real relationship is a man who goes crazy and beats you up. Maybe drama is what life is, right? And difficult to find a grounding influence in this kind of situation. Then in her younger life, there are some Howard Hughes influences. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> you, Howard Hughes is hugely wealthy and super weird. Yes. And he wa- he likes her. Uh-huh. And so he goes through other people to try to get her to meet with him. And oh. all the time, she's just like, no, thank you. That's a pass for me. He wants to start a production company to finance her films, which is a massive offer. Yeah. Um, and she's just like, no, I'm not really... I'm not really into it. She said um she always knew what she wanted and what she didn't want.
0: And, and unfortunately, he was what she did not want. <laughs> yeah.
1: So she re-signs with NGM. Um and Francis is bummed about it because he wanted to get in on the business plan with Howard Hughes. Mm-hmm. But whatever. That's <laughs> what she does. Um and then just to get over how she got divorced super young and then started dating someone else's husband. Uh, they think, well, why don't we have her go do a movie in England and oh, let, let things calm down. Ship her away. <laughs> so they send her over to England to film Ivanhoe in 1952. And um, that's where she meets another man who is married to a different woman. Yep. And, you know, maybe you think, well, they've been married before. They must be marriage material. I'm right. Not sure what it is. Are there no single men around her ever? It's it's difficult to know. But this man is not. His no. name's Michael Wilding. Okay. And he's he's famous in England. He's an actor. Um, he's 20 years older than her.
0: Which I feel like we've had a conversation about this before of like this power dynamic struggle. Right. Of when you've got someone really young dating someone so much older than them and how much the power skews towards the older person. Just this w- huge amount of influence. I wonder if that's the case with her. Like I wonder because yes. like reading you don't always get the full scoop. But I wonder if that was the case for her because she's just such a powerhouse.
1: It, um, she doesn't have a lot of really like strong male influences in her life. At Mm -hmm. this point, Frances is super browbeaten. Right. And, um, Victor and Uncle Howard aren't part of her daily life as much. Okay. She's grown up. She doesn't live with her mom anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that she wants to throw herself as hard as she can at another force. And have it take it and bounce it back. Mm-hmm. That's what she's going for. Like she wants to feel big things. Yes. Um, and not everybody is willing to be part of that. But at this time, she's so young. He's so much older. I think she's getting that feeling from this. That makes sense. Um, he'll find pretty quickly that uh, she was a little too immature for what he was looking for. I mean, it makes sense. She's still young. Right, right. So she's really into Michael. Um, wants him to marry her. He's still married to his wife, but they're separated. Mm-hmm. Um, Things sort of fizzle. He says, I'm not marrying you. And she comes back to the United States. And there's a little bit of an interlude with Nikki, her ex. Okay. They're settling up some divorce details and they have to meet with Nikki. And um, something crazy happens. She says, he's just the way he was before he knew me. So I must've done something or said something. So she thinks, Nikki probably is this really charming wonderful person and it was me. Oh. I did something wrong to make him treat me that no. way. No. Um and it's such a it's such an easy to understand victim's point of view. 100%. And you have to know that her heart still wants her marriage to work. Yeah. Like it's sad to to end a relationship in less than a year right. when you're so young. Yeah. So may she they start sneaking off to go on dates and um her parents get really nervous about it. And so they call up Uncle Howard. He has a like an estate in Connecticut, not too far away. And he invites the two of them over for to stay for like a weekend. OK, so Elizabeth and Nikki go down to Uncle Howard's house. They have a great evening. They eat dinner together. They um, go to bed when they wake up in the morning. Howard sends for Nikki and um, says he'll give him $20,000 to stay away from Elizabeth forever. And Nikki is incredibly wealthy. So <laughs> he's like, not enough, chump. I'm. He laughs. Okay. Which makes Uncle Howard mad. Oh, no. So Uncle Howard hauls off and punches him in the gut so hard he n- knocks him to the floor. Oh, shit. And it's uh, very intense. And um, he says if he ever comes, ne- he comes near Elizabeth again, he's going to tell every newspaper who will listen that he beat up America's Sweetheart did that do it. It'll destroy his reputation. And he's like, "Cool, cool. I got it. I got it. I got it." And then he's like, "Can I still have the $20,000?" Oh my god. <laughs> what? <laughs> what an actual asshole. He is such a piece of shit. Yeah, and that's basically what Uncle Howard said. He was like, "Get out of my sight. You I had don't an opportunity. Want to look at you. It's over now. Yes. Please leave immediately." Um later on, um when Elizabeth finds out what happened, she's actually pretty hurt because <laughs> For a person that has, as astute and observant as she is, she also has very little life experience. Yeah. And she thinks if he had told that story, it would have ruined my reputation as well. When in reality, Uncle Howard was never going to do that to no, her. No, he wasn't. He was just threatening this asshole to get her, get him out of her life. Mm-hmm. Because there's no world where a person who loses their temper like that and abuses the person they're supposed to love the most just immediately stops acting that doesn't That doesn't happen.
0: That, if
1: it does, it is extremely Extremely rare, right? I just wouldn't imagine that you could go from the kind of person who flips out and hurts people to immediately having no temper. That that's not how it works. And she's she's complicated, mm-hmm. but nobody deserves to be smacked around. Nobody in their life deserves that. So I'm I'm glad that, and she was so young at the time. Still, I'm glad that her family um, played a little interference for her and got her out of that situation. Um, then uh, Michael Wilding. She calls him up and is like, why don't you come for a visit, you know, um, and he is granted a divorce on December 12th of 1951. And that evening proposes to Elizabeth kind of <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> he um he gives her a ring at dinner to symbolize like. Did you he know, give her a promise ring? A little. Oh He's God. like, like this. This marriage is over, and I am ready to say that this is a real relationship. Okay. And so I want to give you this ring to c- commemorate, like that we've been through something together, and now hope we hope to build something. Okay. And she takes it. This bitch. Mm-hmm. She puts it on her uh, left ring finger, and she says, "That's where it really goes." Oh. And uh, <laughs> she says, "This is where it belongs." Um, do you understand what I'm saying? And he's like, what? And she's like, will you marry me? And so they get married.
0: <laughs> so she's the one who really proposed yes. the situation.
1: Yes. Okay. Good for her. And um, this is, I don't know if Elizabeth thinks that you can date someone and not marry them.
0: That's hard. And I kind of feel like that was, that was almost kind of the way it felt growing up sure. in the Mormon religion where you technically we weren't supposed to depending on where you lived you weren't even supposed to have a boyfriend my mom
1: would yell these three things at me when I left the house um don't do anything stupid kissing leads to sex and you marry who you date mm-hmm. and that was just that was not that was what it was why would you date somebody if you didn't think you might marry them
0: right that, that was always supposed to be the end goal it was never just like well let's just go out on a date and have fun and like Right. See what you, happens. And if you find that you don't
1: want to marry them, then you don't need to see them you, anymore. and
0: that, It's okay. Yeah, you can just stop. But no, it was, I just remember feeling so much pressure to be like, okay, well, every date has to be the person that I'm going to marry. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And she's living in this fairly conservative period mm-hmm. in the United States. Um, it's probably women who date a lot probably don't get a very great reputation. And we see that with famous people now when women are famous women are seen with different guys. Like you have three boyfriends in a year and they think mm-hmm. that you're just absolutely off the rails.
0: Which is such a double standard.
1: <laughs> it really is. Oh my god, it's <laughs> so dumb. Um, so she'll get engaged or married to almost every person she has a serious relationship with. Mm-hmm. Very, it's very interesting. Um, so on January sixth, nineteen fifty-three, Michael Howard Wildling, Wilding is born, their first son, and they his middle name is in honor of Elizabeth's brother Howard, who had actually just come back from the Korean War. Okay. Michael Howard, and then um, they actually end up having two children together. Their second son is born on February twenty seventh of nineteen fifty five, which is actually Elizabeth's twenty third birthday. She's such a baby to have two kids. Such oh, a baby. <laughs> oh and they name goodness. him Christopher. Um, she has both of her, her sons via cesarean section. Mm-hmm. Ces- Do you
0: see cesarean? Cesarean section? section. Same thing. Yeah. I was
1: wondering if I was doing like ATM machine. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where you say the thing twice. um, uh, And, um, but their marriage was still just a mess. It was kind of like have a baby to see if we can fix it kind of a And that's never the route to take,
0: yeah. And Elizabeth
1: gets real sad. Oh. Because, like, her second marriage
0: is coming fail to again. an end when yeah. she's so
1: young. Um, She's making a lot of movies at this time, and she um, becomes really good friends with Montgomery Clift. Um, They call him Monty. No, oh. they're dear friends. And um, she'll actually she makes a lot of friends with men who are closeted homosexuals mm-hmm. in, in show business. Um, they kind of feel safe with her. And she's from the from the get go, incredibly accepting of whatever that is. I love that. And sometimes when they're not even sure they're gay yet, she'll be like, I, you know, if you say that that's what you're meant to be, then that's what you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. And really um, becomes a safe place a lot of those people. Yeah. Who who can't confide in too many people in Hollywood. Right. So um, they become super dear friends. He's homosexual. On May 12th of 1956, he's leaving a party at Liz and Michael's house and gets into a terrible car accident. um, Not too far away. Okay. So Elizabeth arrives shortly after and his face is just... A disaster oh, no. and she sees that he can't breathe because his teeth have been knocked in and they're in his throat oh my god so this girl she reaches into his mouth and pulls the obstruction out so he can breathe and then um as they always do paparazzi starts showing up and she loses her shit in defense of this friend And you'll see throughout her life, she's a a pretty good friend. Yeah. Like, she's a pretty loyal friend. And we'll talk about that in relation to Debbie Reynolds, because that's a little bit different. That is a different Um, situation. But for the most part, she's a a very loyal, powerful friend. And they start coming up, and um, this is a quote from Rock Hudson, who was also at the party and shows up. He says, she prevented the photographers from taking Monty's picture by the foulest language I have ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) She shocked them out of taking it. She was saying things like, you son of a bitch, I'll kick you in the nuts.
0: I love her. Oh, my and God. The photographers
1: were like, Miss Taylor, you shouldn't be talking like that. <laughs> and then he says, the six of us formed a line to hide Monty. And we said to the photographers, and he like bears his teeth at him. And he's like, take a picture of us. We'll smile. And so the photographers don't get a picture of her dear friend in his, this horrible, vulnerable state. Can you imagine, something crazy about paparazzi to me is that they take these photos, get them out immediately before these people's loved ones even know. Can you imagine being Monty's mom and seeing that's that in the paper? That's how you find out, right? And that's how, and, and uh, devastating. That so, would be horrible. So they protect their friend, um, and he was, so, he was so beautiful. And after this, um, they fix him up, but he never is the, it's exactly not the same. the same. And that was that was kind of a bummer. People say that's one of the reasons why she and Elizabeth, he and Elizabeth, were so close. Um, like they ch- just truly loved each other. Yeah, and it, part of it might have been like, you know, what it's like to be this beautiful. Yes, <laughs> like you get it. You can, you can sympathize. You can
0: empathize.
1: A, yeah, and I love looking at your face. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but they stay dear friends. Um, so. Uh, the marriage is not great. We're into the summer of 1956. and Kevin McClory, who is Mike Todd's assistant. Oh okay. remember that name for later. He makes this super ballsy move and asks her on a date while she's still married. Oh, and he's like, let's talk about this film idea. But so then they start dating and um, she, I don't know, is it an ahead of your time thing? Is it an entitlement thing? She does not care who sees her behaving badly. Okay. Well, what they perceive to be badly. I don't know if she thinks that cheating is that bad. She doesn't like it when it happens to To her. her. So she probably um, gains better perspective in that situation. I think so. Um, But she, she, all the time, will be doing things, seeing other people's husbands, dating people while she's still married, and will go out in public to do it. Doesn't even. Doesn't faze her. So um, she's out to dinner with Kevin McClory and her dad's attorney and his wife are at the restaurant and um, they're looking over at her and be like, are you seeing this? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? And this attorney's wife is getting really hung up about it. Like, she's just like, how disgusting. I can't believe you represent them. And he's like, well, I represent her dad. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And Elizabeth sees them. She gets her date and she walks over to their table and she says, It's time for Mr. Wilding to go back to England where he belongs, don't you agree? Therefore, my father will be in touch with you shortly about the dissolution of my marriage to him. Oh, my goodness. And the attorney's wife, I don't know her first name, so we're calling her Mrs. Young. She says, oh, really? So you're still married, are you, my dear? Oh. And you should not, should not have approached Elizabeth in this tone. Don't call her my dear. Obviously, my dear. Or you would have read all about it in the papers. <laughs> Which is like, I'm much more important than you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a move.
0: That was a power move for sure. Yeah.
1: So get this. Oh, my gosh. Kevin invites Elizabeth on a cruise on his friend Mike Todd's rented yacht. And wouldn't you know it, fucking Michael Wilding, what? her husband, was also there. What? Yes. So Kevin, Liz, Michael, Mike go on a cruise together. And there's obviously a lot of other people. It's a big party yacht. Mm -hmm. Um, But, oh, my gosh, (laughs) it's insane. Because, spoiler alert, she's going to marry Mike Todd.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, She gets seasick and um, is not ever shy about complaining. So so, know, starts whining. Everybody's trying to deal (laughs) with her. So Mike takes her to get her a drink to settle her stomach. They set up a whole flirt. Oh, boy. Going nuts in front of her boyfriend and her husband. Oh my Her God. life is a complete circus. She is also a mother of two and one of the most famous people in the world.
0: This is just thinking about it stresses me out. Could you imagine that? She doesn't give a fuck. I wish I had that ability, because I could not be her in that situation. I would be too anxious about it. No, no. I'd be terrified. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, we we do know from some other stories that um michael stops being completely faithful to her in fact she hears that while she's out of town working he's got like a house full of strippers having a party Mm -hmm. um things don't go well i think when you know a marriage is over and you stay in it i don't have any personal experience in this but you start to treat each other pretty poorly yeah and you and and later on i'm sure they think we should have we should have ended that we should have just been done earlier we started treating each other like that yeah um so that's where that situation is. And then now we're going into, the, we're entering the era of Mike Todd. And I love Mike Todd. Yes. Yeah. Mike Todd to me is the, the true love of her life. That probably, he probably would have been mm-hmm. the one. And later on, I feel like Richard Burton inhabits that space. Mm-hmm. But if there had, if Mike Todd hadn't died, there never would have been a Richard Burton. No. Mm-hmm. So in July of 1956, MGM announces that um, Elizabeth Elizabeth and Michael have separated um, Michael Wilding. The next day, I love how ambitious these (laughs) fellows are. The next day, Mike Todd says he wants to meet with her at MGM. He's late. She's pissed. Of course. Fuming. She's drinking her Coke like this guy's such an asshole. How dare he make me wait, Elizabeth Taylor. He comes, grabs her. She's super mad, he says, come back to my office. And he spends the next hour confessing his undying love for her. Oh my God. Just like, let's it's I, I'm obsessed with you. Let's get married. And and she's like, You're an asshole. I can't <laughs> believe I was sitting there forever. And now you throw this on me? And he says, Don't horse around. You know you're gonna marry me. <laughs> oh and later on, she's like, He was a brute, but I can't lie. It was hot, you know? That's fair. <laughs> And she's into this thing that I always think when I'm reading about it, I would be into too. Like this crazy relationship where we're so in love, but then we yell and scream at each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody actually wants that. No, no. That's not, that's not the most healthy lifestyle. That's not my dream for Um, sure. But I think, I think that um, she's a big feeler. She's got big emotions Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and this is how she learns to love. Yeah and this is how she wants to receive love. After a while, I think that she's been taught and taught herself that this is the way people show you they care about you. Yeah. Is there um both ends extreme. Fiery. So love you so much they can't stand you. but mm-hmm. won't leave you and her relationships are always like this. They're just yeah. like we'll, we'll we're passionate about each other. We look like we're made to be together, but we will have a straight up knockdown drag out fight in public places. <laughs> That's how her relationships go. Yeah. It's intense. Um, so they, they, it just, it just works with Mike Todd. Yeah. He is a very stable, grounded, a grown ass man mm-hmm. who sees her for exactly what she is. Kind of a brat. Yeah. Incredibly beautiful. Secret talent. Yes. Um, and, and things start to move. She would um, swim laps in their pool. Wearing the diamond, platinum, and gold tiara he gave her. A tiara. A tiara. And it becomes a thing. He's always giving her incredible jewels. And this mm-hmm. is like where her love for those things really begins. Okay, this is the birth of and that. She, and she's obviously very famous for her taste in jewelry, her collection yeah. of jewels. Um, and it begins with Mike Todd. Story goes, when he <laughs> gives her this tiara, she loves it. She takes it and leaves the room. She comes back in the room wearing just the
0: tiara. Damn! What a move! That is such a move. I want to make that move. It's so cool! I would love to just be like, all of a sudden, I have a TRN. Hey, guess what, Brian? Check me out! You're just the TR. <laughs> Obviously, you can afford to buy this, but look at how I look in it. I look great. <laughs> it's nuts! Oh, that's
1: wild! It's beautiful. That's...
0: they have such a
1: crazy relationship. Um, in 1956, she films Giant. Which turns out to be a very successful movie with Rock Hudson and James Dean. That's a cast right there. It's a beautiful cast. And it's an interesting movie because it starts out where they're young and covers a big expanse of time. Mm -hmm. So all of them have to like be makeup aged through the movie. Okay. I haven't seen it yet, but now that I've read a lot about it, I feel like that's the one. It's also James Dean's last movie. Yeah. So he finishes his part in it and then um, is killed in that car accident, which is totally tragic. Um, Elizabeth still isn't quite done filming, so she has to zip all of her grief up, um, and go back and finish work, and the movie comes out. It's very successful. They Mm -hmm. do really well. Um, not too long after that, Elizabeth has a back injury. She was born with scoliosis. Oh. And just, her back is a joke. Poor thing. And she had fallen during the making of National Velvet. She fell off her horse and hurt her back for the first time. Oh, God. So um, she gets injured again, and it results in her having this four-hour surgery where they take um, bones from her hip and her pelvis and some, like, cadaver bone, like, bone bank bones. Mm -hmm. And they, like, put a bunch of, like, matchstick bones together that eventually calcify into this six-inch column in her spine.
0: Which, like, can you imagine that? Because your spine's supposed to just be this flexible, yeah. yeah.
1: Look at us. We're both doing, like, hula dance moves. We (laughs) are.
0: And that wouldn't work so well when you have something fused no. together. And that's like six inches six is inches a lot. That's yeah. not nothing. Like she's um, five two, so that's a lot that's of her body. That's a lot of her body. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it was it was a pretty it was a pretty big deal. Um, and it's just gosh, she's she's in the hospital a lot. Yeah. In fact, um, she calls it her second home. That's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> like she just it'll be a part of her life. Um, so not too long after that, um, she and Mike Todd get married on February 2nd. Oh, whoops. Uh, We'll talk about that date later. She, they get married on March 22nd of 1958. Okay. He's 49 and she's 24.
0: Which again, there's that age difference, but for them, it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel as weird. Elizabeth's a little older now. Yeah. She's a mom. She's been married twice she's um, got some life experience and under her belt. she has
1: her own money mm-hmm. and to me um that that makes it so she has choices yes and that gives her a, enough power to be with a man who's that much older than her mm-hmm. she'll say later on because as she gets older um like her her last marriage a guy's a lot younger than her and um on Johnny Carson he's like what do you think about that and she's like the men I dated have stayed the same age <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what you're talking about right I like them right around 40. Yeah, I know what I want. <laughs> and throughout her whole life, they, they're, you know, they're... 40, 50 years old. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's her window. She likes it. That's fine. And that's where a man knows who the, who the hell he is. Right. Right. That's a nice man to date. He it just, is. He doesn't need to prove anything. Mm-mm. And you can tell for sure whether he can keep a job. That at that point, it is pretty telling one way or the other. Right, He's established his relationship with um alcohol. <laughs> so, you know, where he stands yeah. there. Like, it's just you just know a lot about a person. In general, mm-hmm. that forties forties a good age. To, it is to know your shit, right? Yeah. So she she continues to enjoy men of that age throughout her life, <laughs> but he's forty eight when they get married. Um, he had also developed a revolutionary camera system called Todd AO Todd American Optical, um, that basically gives viewers a widescreen experience. Okay. It was very first used in Oklahoma. Nineteen fifty-five. Oh, interesting. Have you seen that Oklahoma? Yeah, it's it's really it's big. It, it is looks like a big movie. Mike, Elizabeth, Debbie, and Eddie are BFFs. So Eddie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds are married. Mm-hmm. They're the parents of Carrie, Carrie Fisher, Fisher, Princess Leia, Gen- General Leia. Yes. Um, and they're they hang out together all the time. They're super duper close. Um, they were actually groomsmen and bridemaid bridesmaid at their wedding. Um. Uh, so they're very close. They're like that, you know, that perfect other couple that you just do shit with all the time. Yeah, that's them. They have that. And it's super fun. Um, they have a daughter together, Liz and Mike. Aww. On August 6th, the 1957th, Elizabeth Frances Todd is born. She adorable. goes by Liza. I love And that. if you were ever to set up a child to have a famous people name, that you would name it. your daughter Liza Todd. Oh, for sure. That's a great name. That's
0: Like that's a name you would change your name to. Yes. It's excellent. In fact, Mm
1: -hmm. maybe I want people to call me Liza now. Oh.
0: I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't really
1: feel right. You're going to be a Liz to me forever. (laughs) In 1957, she's in a movie called Rain Tree County, um, and she kills it. And that's when she gets her first nomination for the Academy Award for Best Actress.
0: Very nice. She doesn't win it, but it
1: it feels like she's finding something. This is
0: the start of something big.
1: When you're part of a studio system, you do whatever movies they tell you to do. And a lot of movies are trash. Right. And so I don't think that it's, and the same thing happens when she makes a ton of movies with Richard Burton in the future. I don't think she ever really found out her niche. She didn't know the places where she would really shine. So she does a lot of movies that aren't very good in her career. Mm
2: -hmm. She does a
1: handful of movies where she is incredible. Yeah. And um, so I think that there could be people who have a weird opinion of her as an actress uh, because she didn't curate her choices at all. Okay, I feel like a lot of actors try to cultivate who they are through the choices that they make so that they appear to be a certain type of actor. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't her thing.
0: Well, do you think that also had part to do with that she wasn't formally trained?
1: Partly, yeah. Yeah. She always said that she never went to school, that she would just try to pretend to be the person. Mm -hmm. And if the person you're pretending to be isn't very interesting...
0: And you're hard. not going to do a great yeah.
1: job. In fact, most of her movies that I really love and that she receives critical acclaim for are based on plays or novels. Okay, where characters are more cultivated. Yeah, so I think that's a part of it. You know, if you if you don't have a lot to work with and you don't have a lot of natural ability to come up with what you need, if you're not given that information, maybe you don't really shine the same way. That's fair. That makes perfect sense. Um, but that the movie does super well. Rain County, and um. And she's having a really lovely life with her husband, Mike Todd. She says, every woman should have a Mike Todd. God, I love him. Oh, my esteem, my image, everything soared under his exuberant loving care.
0: That is beautiful.
1: They were still nuts, though.
0: Oh, for sure. They
1: would have public arguments. Um, In fact, I hate that this was and continues to be more common, um, common at all. But he, he, uh, he did smack her around from time to time. Yeah. A lot of people in Elizabeth's life uh, don't blame men for maybe slapping her once or twice because she uh, does push real, real hard. But like we mentioned before, no one deserves to be hit. No. Actually, um, in Elizabeth's relationship, I'm not sure if it was with Michael Wilding, but for sure um, with her. I don't want to give away the next husband's name because it spoils some story. Right. But she becomes physically abusive to them as well. Yeah. And she has, I think it's just what happens when you're in unhealthy relationships. You have a really skewed view of what a relationship is supposed to be, Mm -hmm. what it can be. Right. And um, it messes with things. A lot. They're, They're wildly happy. Love each other so much, and she is given the part to be um, in *Cat on a Hot Tin Roof* with Paul Newman. Oh, Paul Newman. I love this movie so much. I do too. It it's so wonderful. Um, oh, oh, I love it. There are some bummers about it. There,
0: uh, yes, because when I I rewatched it again when we were prepping for this episode, and there's some stuff that it's jarring because as a kid I didn't notice it. No. And now watching it as an adult, I it stood out like a big, I don't know, sit on a beautiful face. Mm-hmm. It, it's not great. It's not good
1: at all. There's a lot of um, really racist um, things in classic movies mm-hmm. that I'm not sure what to do with
0: right. It's hard like it's hard to know what to
1: do with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's that same thing. Do you continue to watch Kevin' Spacey movies? Or, or do you do you not? Can I still love
0: Harry Potter? That's a hard one for me. Yeah. But
1: these ones are pretty extreme. These are um, these th- some some of these depictions of racism are maybe just not even a thing I want to have as a part of my life. Right. Not not like that's from a time and place, but more like we need to erase that. We from, need to take that. I don't know. No, I don't I really know what the move is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look into that. I'm gonna look into that. I think I, that's I, important. Yeah, I think there should there's something that can be done. There has to be to, right, like something to to make it to decide whether we do still see those things and pay money to the people who made them, mm-hmm. or if we don't, right? Like, how do you come to those conclusions? I'll do so. I'll do some stuff. I'll, okay, that'll be my homework. I'll get back to us. Um, Cat on a Cat on a Hot Tin Roof is a adaptation of a Tennessee Williams play. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does remarkably in it. It has also, along with the racism, some, I'm getting like, uh, Paul Newman's character Brick is, is closeted homosexual vibes.
0: I felt that watching it this time. Yes. It felt,
1: uh, yeah, exactly. I didn't have those feelings. I those, I didn't get that feeling from watching it when I was a lot younger. No. But watching it now, I'm like, is he in love with, what was the name? Skipper? Yeah he in love with skipper i thought so like it's it feels like maybe he loves him yeah um so that makes the whole thing even more complicated exactly like it's a that's a real dramatic situation yeah um i think everybody in that movie does a great job the characters who are supposed to be annoying make me furious so they're killing it
0: they did a great job because yeah there were a few in there that i just oh i wanted to slap through the screen oh that's that sister-in-law i stand her just be quiet for five seconds just shut your damn
1: Oh, man. She was a lot of pressure. But she the brother, was. her husband, not better. No, not at
0: all. Kind of awful. They I were know. both the worst. I I I like movies that make you feel a little uncomfortable. I think that's a sign of a good movie
1: that it mm-hmm. can elicit those feelings from you. And I think that one makes me feel the most uncomfortable because they're being what a family is
0: like. Yeah.
1: And families are pretty messed up sometimes. Oh, yeah. They think that they're, I mean, Big Daddy, mm-hmm. Paul Newman's dad. um, may or may not die. You don't really know for a while. Okay. He <laughs> and he owns a great deal of property. Mm-hmm. And they they're kind of fighting over it already. Oh yeah, he's not even and like, it's gross, but that that's what people do. It is gross. I was talking to Seth about it the other day, and I feel gross about it. But I mean, I'm getting older, my parents are getting older, mm-hmm. and I was like, I kind of want to kind of want to tell them what stuff I want. Is that weird? And he was like, uh, my mom's fine with it. But I don't know if everybody is.
0: <laughs> I've like, I've never thought about having that conversation it with feels someone. Yucky. It kind of feels weird.
1: So, I mean, this is, it's a real thing. People, people talk about this kind of stuff. Okay. And I'm assuming the more shit you have, the more people want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's, it's uncomfortable, but she does an incredible, incredible job.
0: And just like as a side note on this, do you think this one was one of her best because it was a play? It was fleshed out. It was. I think so. And Maggie the cat. Can she relate to anything
1: more? Right. Because this is a lady who's and it actually. Oh, my gosh. This really feels like a conversation that she'll have with Richard Burton later. Yes. Where she's just like begging. To be loved by this man. Mm -hmm. And he's treating her like shit. Just complete trash. Just disrespectful cruel things. Awful
0: awful things.
1: Um, So I guess now we know where she learned it. That makes sense. Um, A lot of people say one of the reasons. Her performance in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Was so incredible. Was because she was escaping. A massive life tragedy. Because on February 2nd. Of 1957. Um. Mike Todd uh, dies in a plane a plane crash.
0: Which is devastating.
1: Absolutely devastating. Just
0: would have to crush her at that point because she talked about that relationship in such a bigger-than-life way. Mm-hmm. And then to have that so suddenly taken away from you.
1: He says to her um, as he's leaving, they don't go on the trip together. She was off of work from Cat on the Hot Tin Roof. They were like two weeks into production. Okay. And she was off for being sick. And was gonna go with him to receive this award back east. Um, but then they were like, No, if you go with, then you're not being sick. You know, you really just right. kinda like if you're playing hooky, you have to stay home. Uh, yeah. Um, so he's going without her. And as he's leaving, he says, I'm too happy and I'm afraid that something's going to happen because I'm too happy.
0: Oh my God. It's heartbreaking.
1: <laughs> oh. This guy, the way that people talk about Mike Todd is that he lived Forward. Yes. Whoever he was in the past, fuck that guy. Doesn't matter. Like I am moving forward. I am embracing life. I am living large. Mm-hmm. And they lived hella large. Yeah. Mike was making a lot of money. They had no savings. Oh, gee. They were living big time. And uh he named his airplane the lucky Liz. Oh my god. If Seth Taylor ever owns an airplane or boat, if he doesn't name that, it will hurt my feelings.
0: Fair. <laughs> and he also <laughs> is forbidden to die on it. Oh, that's a not allowed. Just Seth, you're listening right now. That's not allowed. Absolutely not. No. But the lucky Liz. That's. A- Maybe it's just alliteration gets me going. I don't know. Now I just I'm gonna have to figure out something for me because. You know, lucky Liz is so beautiful. I can't be like snarky sham But I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it at all. It's it's growing on me now. The more I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's lots of good s words. <laughs>
1: seductive, seductive, sensate, sensational,
0: sensational. There's more. I feel like snarky fits. Snarky did
1: really well. <laughs> For I mean, better be or worse. Unfortunately, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's awesome. Um, she says that one of the ways that she got through that experience, because it was absolutely horrific, um, was when she went back to work and just pretended to be somebody else. That makes sense. When she finds out, she just has a breakdown. Yeah. She's running, screaming through the house. She runs out into the street and just falls on her knees.
0: She's the iconic vision of what grief is.
1: If anybody's drama, it's Liz. Yeah. And if anybody is grief, it's this moment. Yes. So it's really, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, Eddie Fisher, Mike's dear friend, um, comes to support her. Mm-hmm. So Howard Hughes, there he is again. Nah, sends it gives her his private plane to mm-hmm. fly to Mike's funeral, it's I think it's, it's in Chicago. Okay, where, he, where he's from, and um, the whole time she's getting ready. Um, they decide she's like, "No, I can't go. I can't leave the kids alone." Yeah. So Debbie, Debbie Reynolds is like, "I'll watch the kids, and then Michael or um, Eddie will go with you. Like, and and you can feel fine and trust them. They're here with me are your dear friend." The kids will be safe and you can go. And then Eddie, your other dear friend, will be there with you. Yeah. And it'll be okay. So um, they get ready to go. And Eddie shows up at her house and the maid's like, she's not coming. And he pushes through the door and goes up to her bedroom. She's sitting all ready to go in her black dress on the bed. Mm-hmm. And she looks up and, and she says, oh, this, suddenly I get emotional. She says, I thought I could do it. And it was. Devastating. They both loved Mike so much. Yeah. And um somehow he gets her to stand up and they go get, get on the plane and they fly to Chicago. And the whole thing is incredibly difficult. And there are people everywhere screaming and hollering and just just not the mood that you want. Right. Um, when you're burying the person you love the most in the whole universe.
0: I think that's the like I mean, there's a lot of situations in my life where I think I wouldn't do well being incredibly wildly famous. But I think being stuck in grief and having other people around you not recognizing where you're at and you can't hide yourself at that point. No matter where you go, you're out in the open. And uh,
1: they they don't have. To them, they're seeing Elizabeth Taylor. Right. For them, it's an exciting exciting moment, and for you, this is the worst fucking day of your life. Right. And what do you what do you do with that? I don't know how to respond on a good day if somebody was coming up to me who I didn't know and wanted to be all about me.
0: But on the absolute worst day of your life, how do you compute all of that? I would shut down. It was very, very hard. She tells
1: this one story about how everybody's screaming, screaming, and then she sees this little girl standing in the back by her mom holding a rose, just looking real sad. And she rolls down her window and says, you. And um, the mom brings her daughter up and the mom starts jabbering, jabbering, and she's like, no, I want to talk to her. And um, the little girl comes up to her looking very sad, hands her the rose, and she says, I'm going to remember you. Like, that's what I'm going to choose to remember from today. Yeah. It was hard. It was a hard time. Um, and it leads to an interesting uh, uh, development. Uh-huh. So let me tell you a little bit more about their, their friendship between Mike and Liz and Eddie and Debbie first. Um, Eddie basically considers Mike like a dear friend, but also a father figure. Mm-hmm. He's his mentor. He's he, a role model. He adores him. He named his son Mike after Mike Todd. Um, who was born just like three weeks before Mike's plane crash. Okay. And um, this is uh, this story kind of illustrates the way that they are. Um, they're talking about somebody telling us an experience of seeing the four of them at a restaurant. It says, first the women would order, then Todd, then Fisher. Whatever Todd selected, Fisher would ask Fisher's Eddie. I've said his last name enough. We know that, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fisher would ask for the exact same. If Todd said steak, medium rare, Eddie wanted steak, medium rare. If Todd said soul, slightly underdone, Eddie wanted the same thing. Then he would talk Debbie into changing her order so that what he and Todd were eating was the same as her. So and then when it all came, Fisher would even eat the way that Todd did, like super fast. And then they say Elizabeth Taylor, though, was something else. She had a mind of her own. Nobody dared tell her what to have. (laughs) So, like, this is how much Elizabeth is obsessed with him. Her life's never been as beautiful as it is right now. She's never felt better about herself, never felt more more at home. Mm -hmm. And Eddie loves him like, like, I want to be like this man. He idolizes him. And Eddie was like a famous pop star. Mm -hmm. That's how he got his fame. He was a, he was the Justin Timberlake of the era. Uh And um, they lose this man that they love so much. And um, they kind of, cling to each other in this devastation. And it's a it's a lot. Yeah. It's complicated. Um, Elizabeth and Eddie start to date even though he's still married to Debbie Reynolds.
0: Which is problematic. It's but it's you, not good. It does feel like do you ever wonder if it's just like they're not even necessarily seeing each other. It's like this exactly black three-way hug of they're like they're pulling yes. together because they both share this strong love. Like that picture. For the same person. They're, yeah, They're on a boat and
1: Elizabeth is hugging Mike and Eddie comes up behind Mike oh, that's right. and wraps his arms around both of them. And that's what this marriage is. That's what is. this marriage is, it's is these that These two photograph. sad people holding on to Mike Todd in the middle. Yeah. And even later on when they're filming Cleopatra and Eddie Fisher is there staying in Italy with Um, Liz and Richard Burton comes over. There's pictures of Mike Todd all over the villa. Oh, she'll go through like they'll be out having dinner and drinking, and she'll just be talking about Mike sitting next to Eddie, saying not a word about him. Oh, Like, and she doesn't realize till later what was happening. Yeah, you know. So it gets complicated. Um, Mike Todd was Jewish, and so is Eddie Fisher. So before. liz and eddie get married she does convert to judaism and everybody asks her if it's for them and she says no when i was with mike i learned a lot about it and i considered converting then and mike said you need to like take your time and really come to a conclusion on your own if that's what you want to do Which i
0: appreciate that Mm -hmm.
1: and she said after losing him she really needed something something like a, like a stable religion in her life mm-hmm. to ground her. And so she turns back to Judaism and really finds her heart in it. So she converts to Judaism, and Eddie, she and Eddie get married in a, in a Jewish wedding ceremony. And eventually, uh, later in her life when she becomes uh, a philanthropist, she'll donate money to a lot of um, Jewish causes. She does it then, too. And um, obviously, if you support Jewish people, other people get mad at you. Right. Right. And she was banned from going into Egypt. I was going to say, were, she, she couldn't even go when they were filming Cleopatra. They yeah, wouldn't let her into Egypt because she was Jewish. Um, eventually, cool. they changed their minds because they realized there's a lot to be gained by letting Elizabeth Taylor talk about your country. Right. Um, but at first, they're like, no, she can't come in here. Which is shitty, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was a massive understatement. <laughs> it was shitty.
0: I don't think there's a way to fully state how awful that is.
1: No. Oh, okay. So she marries Eddie Fisher on May twelfth of nineteen fifty nine, and um, if you remember, Mike passed away in nineteen fifty seven. Mm-hmm. So she um, is dating Mike or Eddie while he's married to Debbie for probably like a year mm-hmm. before they do anything about it.
0: Which sucks. That does. They get married three and a half
1: hours after his divorce with Debbie Reynolds oh, is final. Geez. And I think Liz kind of thinks it's fine because Debbie had filed for divorce with Eddie once before. It had happened, yeah, and she That'd felt like easy. their marriage was whatever. But um, I don't think it's for anyone outside of a marriage to say no. when it's over. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm sure when you're in that situation, you want to come up with things that make it make you feel like you're not. You've got to justify it. Yeah. She said, "I'm not taking anything away from Debbie because she never really had it. Oh, and um, Mike is dead, and I'm alive. What do you expect me to do? Sleep alone?" Which
0: I feel that, but also, ouch. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. It's
1: bad. Debbie's pissed at Eddie. Um, not great with Liz. They were super close friends. By the way, I should say she does not like to be called Liz. Because <laughs> her brother called her, what was it like? Oh, it sounds like a hiss. Yeah. And her brother called her lizard or something. I've had a lot of people call me lizard throughout my oh, life. No. um, I have one friend who does it and it sounds nice. Okay. Um, I also had like boys in the second grade do it was less nice. That. Yes, so, that's fair. Elizabeth sounds a little bit like lizard breath. It was complicated. Oh jeez. I didn't love it.
0: Oh no. They're pretty creative They though. are. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a long name.
1: So there's a lot of different things. I actually I have a brother who uh one of his main hobbies I I think is coming up with nicknames for other people. Uh-huh. And um he's called me Buff. Buffaloes, Liza um, oh, Liz Buff. Um and went I was Buff one time we were playing cards, he wrote my name at the top as Liz, a buffalo chicken. So I've been through some things. His, um, when my first brother started having kids, his kids called me Aunt Buff. And so when Matt, the nickname brother, um, had kids, his daughter would call me Aunt Buff, but she said it wrong and was calling me Aunt Butt. Oh, no. So now one family of children calls me Aunt Liz and the other one calls me Aunt Buff. Yep. Aunt-
0: I was gonna say, did Aunt Butt stick or was it Aunt But? <laughs> That's pretty great. Oh, no. I had the
1: weirdest dream about those kids. Oh my gosh. My brother in who lives out of the state has two his two oldest kids, are the ones that um that I know the very best because uh-huh. I, I've seen them the most because he lives far away. Right. I haven't had as much opportunity to see his little his younger kids. I had a dream that Alex and Scotty, this is so fucking dumb, <laughs> 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 that they got into the dishwasher and got stuck in there. Oh, no. They are 13 and almost 12. Well, they're not even going to fit in there. I think he actually just turned 12. So they're 14 and 12. They don't fit in a dishwasher. No. You can't fit teenagers, preteens in a no. dishwasher. Um. Anyways, the dream goes on that they're in there for maybe three solid days in the dishwasher until Danny just starts to that's my brother's name (laughs) until he starts to like rip the dishwasher apart and gets his kids out so they can't even just open the door they couldn't get it open they were stuck in there what and um it would not take a parent three days to decide to ruin the dishwasher Uh. to save their children but it does in dreams in dreams that's how that works it was so weird (laughs) I was at breakfast with my dad yesterday and I was like you won't
0: believe what I dreamed about (laughs) (laughs) it was so weird the dishwasher, man, it's a. Got to think it through before you break it down. Am I worried about dishwashers? Do I feel
1: unsafe? All right. What is the messaging I'm trying to receive from this? That is
0: wild, weird as hell. <laughs> You're gonna have to maybe have some therapy and find <laughs> out, right? <laughs> I think we need to know. So weird. Um. Uh. So nobody's
1: mad. At, nobody's happy with Eddie. Mostly people are talking shit about Liz, though. Right. Um, she's a home wrecker. She's uh, a trollop. She's a husband stealer. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about how Eddie left his wife and kids. He played a huge part in this. Yeah. It was not just Elizabeth Taylor. And, you know, Debbie's a Girl Scout. Debbie's perfect. Debbie's mm-hmm. the the perfect wife who's been abandoned by her husband because this hussy stole her family away. Ugh. Um, She gets a real bad rap for that. And I'm not saying anybody did anything good here.
0: No. I'm just saying. uh, The way it's portrayed by other people and what things stand out versus others. It feels
1: like such an Eve ate the apple situation. Yeah. Like like she's the only one involved in this whole process. Mm -hmm. When really two people who loved a person very much did a fucked up thing in their grief. They made a bad decision together. And then held on to it for a while, which Mm -hmm. is not great. No. Um, so that's a huge bummer. It is. I don't like that. But for a while, Elizabeth Taylor was, uh, Carrie Fisher's stepmom. It's kind of wild. That's interesting, huh? Didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in 1959, while she's, so she, um, just after she gets married to Eddie, she does another Tennessee Williams adaptation movie called Suddenly Last Summer. Okay. She kills it again. Of she's course. amazing. This, um play film also has some uh like homosexual topics Mm -hmm. and it makes me want to learn a lot about Tennessee Williams right see the background there right see what's up with him Mm -hmm. wonder wonder what's going on and and whether those themes were intentional or if they
0: just kind of slid in Mm -hmm. there subconsciously
1: right I haven't seen suddenly last summer and they mention it when they talk about it that it has homosexual themes and like electroshock therapy Mm -hmm. so I'm assuming it's um, it's not hinted at it's a real it's thing be in this pretty overt. yeah yeah so um but she does amazingly and she actually wins a golden globe for best actress oh, okay and one of the most famous dresses she wears is from that movie oh I forget which one it is but it turns out to be pretty iconic does good things then comes butterfield 8 here's the situation with butterfield 8 <laughs> um Liz is married to Eddie stuff's fine yeah and um but it's not great yeah and one night uh she's been offered this part in this movie cleopatra several times mm-hmm. she thinks the script sucks she doesn't want to do it one day she's in the bathtub and she gets a phone call and eddie comes in and he says um they want you to do this movie and she says tell them i'll do it for a million dollars and she thinks she's being hilarious just wildly right? outrageous he walks out and comes back in and he's like they said okay and she's, like, so shocked. She screams and then dunks herself under the water. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> what's happening? She is the very first actress, actor, ever to be paid a million dollars for a role. That is so cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First ever. Take that, Hollywood. Hell yeah. And she could get whatever she wanted at this point. You The want, sky's the limit. Yeah. And then, I mean, they end up writing the role of Cleopatra Around her and who she is it turns mm-hmm. out to be um, a whole thing, um, but she gets that offer. She's really excited about it. This is a cool move. And then she finds out from MGM she's still under contract with them to make one more movie. Oh! She tries to get out of it. She does a massive fit. She's mad that she doesn't get her way. Mm-hmm. She tells them, "Fine, I'll do it, but I'm gonna make everyone's life a misery the entire time." And she, just so you know, and that's she, a threat that's terrifying. She she holds true. Uh, she. I would expect nothing less. It's yeah. such a potential catastrophe mm-hmm. that they give her husband at the time, Eddie Fisher, a role in Butterfield Eight. Um, he's the. Did you watch that one? I I did. Yeah, he's the guy that she's kind of in love with, but not really. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Who and that girl. We cool. can talk about Butterfield Eight for nine years, but I'm I just don't like how any of the women act in that. Movie. I don't either. Um, but and he's paid extra. To just make sure she comes to work every day and try to keep
0: her in line. Oh, jeez.
1: It's dramatic. And then he says, "Um, the worst job of my life, trying to deal with my hellion of a wife. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so eventually um, Elizabeth is going to earn her first Academy Award for Best Actress for Butterfield 8. Let's talk about this movie. Okay. Uh, In the movie, she plays what a lot of people are referring to as a call girl. Yeah. Uh, She's a sex worker. Yeah. But in the movie, she says her job is that clothing companies send her clothes and pay her to wear them wear in them popular mo- yeah. places. Um, so uh, it, there's a lot of open talk about everyone who's having sex with um, this with her character,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but they don't ever call her a sex worker or that other word that we're not supposed to say yeah. in the film. Mm-hmm. So you could get away with not thinking that. You could really right. believe that she was a... a is promiscuous negative or does it describe a person who has a lot of sex
0: I okay so here's the thing is I feel like it depends on who we're talking about mm-hmm. because I don't I don't think it like originally has this connotation of negativity right but when you do use it in relation to a woman a lot of times if you call her promiscuous
1: it's to back up the definition and see like what it comes from to know
0: yeah yucky maybe
1: I'll do research on that word
0: okay I'll do research on promiscuous.
1: So she's a she could be a, a professional um, club model mm-hmm. who has a lot of hookups. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, she could be a sex worker. Yeah. And apparently that's what she is. She wasn't a huge fan of playing a character who had that job uh, because she already has a bit of a reputation. Reputation for that. And yeah, she gets a lot of shit for it. She wasn't super stoked about that.
0: Okay. And, um... <laughs> There are just a lot of things about the movie I hate, <laughs> so I struggled with the movie. So when I say I watched it, there was a point where I was just like, I think I need to stop, because it was just I, w- I was mm-hmm. frustrated by it. I That's was very, very frustrated by it. There's a point
1: where the, the her husband's character, Eddie Fisher's character, is having an argument with his girlfriend mm-hmm. over Elizabeth's character. Yeah, because they've been best friends forever, and he's in love with. Elizabeth's character, right? Mm-hmm. But he's also dating this other woman. Yes. And you remember this argument? Uh-huh. And then at some point she's like you need to choose. This is stupid. I can't go on with it. And we're like, yeah, that's you. Yeah, Respect I... yourself. And then towards the end she's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I don't mean any of those things. There's no ultimatum. Um I love you and I'm here for you. Mm. And she kind of like I'm going to stick it out until she's gone.
0: Yeah.
1: And I I was bummed. <laughs> Same. I was like, bitch, walk out of there. Just go he's pining after his friend and you're right here Uh he's saying he's never gonna give her up right so it's a kind of like you know all those tiktoks if he wanted to he would Mm -hmm. if he wanted to he would exactly so if he tells you to your face i'm never letting go of her she'll be my friend and in my life forever i'll always show up for her then you know you know your answer right walk out and find somebody who picks you. Exactly. Or decide whether or not you're the kind of person who can live in that sort of relationship. And if you can, then that's fine too, yeah. but if you can't, then back, up. back off and find something good for your life exactly. that will serve your needs. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Girlfriend. <sighs> I was just sad for her. Same. Um the thing that made me the most mad at the end of the movie, I guess it's really old if you haven't seen it that's your own problem. She dies mm-hmm. while this married man has fallen in love with her is chasing her in his car while she's trying to get away because she she recognizes I think that her lifestyle isn't what she wants yeah this relationship is hella toxic he's married to someone else right um they go to meet up and then she gets in her car and drives away Mm -hmm. he's chasing her it's becoming incredibly dangerous terrifying causes a car accident and she's killed yep and then at the end of the movie this motherfucker has So much audacity because he's in love with her. He's ruined his life to go find her. Mm -hmm. Um, Not so much, though, because after she's dead, he can just go home to his wife and all her money. Right. So not a not too bad. And he says, I don't suppose anyone would think of her as a good person. But strangely enough, she was.
0: What in the actual fuck? Why is she a bad person? Right? Oh, my gosh. The way she's always
1: confessing to her mom that she sleeps with men and she's like, but can you still love me? Yes. Yes. You can have sex and be
0: a good person.
1: I'm just, I'm not. The way that men talk about her, throw her name around, throw Mm -hmm. her physically around. Like the whole, the whole movie is just an exercise in misogyny and purity culture and just really, really harmful behaviors. Mm and. Every woman in the movie curves to them yep. and takes it. Even the asshole's wife, who he's cheating on, is like, it's okay, I'll be fine. I know that he's a good man, and I'll stand here and stand by him and wait for him, and it'll work out. Every woman in the movie. Yep. I think the wife's mom tells her they should get a divorce, and it'll be okay. So yeah. maybe she's the only one who has any kind of concept of uh, personal dignity. mm mm-hmm. And I don't want to be too judgmental of people who were raised to believe a thing right. and believed it their whole life. As a person who was also raised to believe that thing and believed it for most of my life,
0: mm-hmm. uh, I get it. Yes. But I hate it. I hate it so much. I can do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes. I understand where it comes from. I don't like it. So I had big Butterfield 8 feelings. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> um, Butterfield 8 doesn't, movies are made before they come out, right? Right. That's pretty obvious. News. Mm-hmm. So Butterfield Eight doesn't come out until she's already started to film Cleopatra. Okay. And just as filming begins, she gets spinal meningitis. Oh my God, her back! She's a she's a disaster. Her oh body is God. a real lemon. Just and um, the way they talk about it a lot because she has an abnormal amount of sicknesses and injuries and and um, health problems and experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the way that the uh, the biographer is kind of explaining it is that. It was for a couple of reasons. One, if if you made her do something she didn't want to do, she was afraid to do or was uncomfortable doing, she would make herself sick to avoid it. Mm -hmm. And another reason, the only time her mom would focus on her and not her career was when she was ill. Oh, okay. So she learned this thing when she was young. If people start looking at Elizabeth Taylor too much and I want them to look at me, Mm -hmm. then I need to do something that's not on the screen. I need to make myself sick. So that they'll see me and I can be a person. Okay. So it's very interesting. She had a pretty pretty solid knowledge of who she was as a person and as an actress from uh-huh. when she was really young. Just understanding that there's commodity, Liz. Right. People pay for this. And then there's an actual human being and they're not super concerned about that. Yeah. And that she needs to figure out where she stands with people and what what part of her they're interested in seeing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So maybe she makes herself sick again, maybe she just gets sick a lot and has a really shitty immune system. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Um as a person who gets sick a lot, I definitely don't want to blame it on her whatever. Right. Like it just things happen. You they do. You can't control a lot, of, a lot of things in life, especially back injuries. Like what if that's not her feelings? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's for real. And even if it were her feelings that were broken, those also matter. They do so, matter. And are not necessarily a choice we get to make. No. Um either way she has spinal meningitis. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. It's, it's not. so serious. It is. It actually results in a serious case of pneumonia and she ends up having to have an emergency tracheotomy. Oh jeez. That's the one like where they cut a hole in your esophagus and put like a like a a tube in it. Oh, my God. So you can breathe through there. And she would do this funny thing where um, she would take the thing out of her neck and be like, I lose my voice when I take this out and then try to talk and then put it back in and be laughing. And it grossed people out.
0: <laughs> oh, that would gross me <laughs> out so bad just thinking about it, right? Yeah, it's pretty oh.
1: sad. So um, this is all happening. She's horribly sick. Um, she nearly dies. Yeah. They tell uh, her family, like, you need to get here and say goodbye. Oh, my She's God. She's on her way out. Like, it was dangerous. Um, later on, she has a professional write a speech for her where she says she was declared dead. That's not, that's not, may not be factual. Okay. Um, but it was very scary. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of times when her husband was sure that these were her last moments. Yeah. It was, it was a scary time. She gets better and, um, Butterfield Eight is nominated for an Academy Award. (laughs) And here's it. It um, says, the stories of her Oscar win for Butterfield 8. This is from um a story on her IMDb profile. Okay. The stories of her Oscar win for Butterfield 8 in 1960 have grown legendary. It's generally accepted as truth that she won Oscar voters by a vote of sympathy because of the recent death of her husband, Mike Todd, and her near-fatal illness and emergency trache- tracheotomy to save her life. Her scar was very visible on Oscar night wisecracker and rat pack member shirley McLean. she's actually friends with her okay um who lost um she was favored to win for her role in the apartment have you seen the apartment no shirley McLean and jack lemon one of the most amazing movies i've ever seen is is um one of those uncomfortable ones okay so good in fact we should watch it with our friends who call movies films we should because it's it's amazing. I watched it by accident because I was obsessed with classic movies as a as a preteen. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And just watched AMC in the basement all the time. Love it. So I'm just watching whatever comes on, and I loved Jack Lemon because he's in The Odd Couple. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. I, I laid my dog after Walter Matthau. <laughs> oh my god! I'm obsessed with those two guys. I love that movie, and I thought, oh, Jack Lemon, this will be funny. It is right. not a comedy. Oh, it's okay. not. I watched it and I came upstairs. My dad's seen a lot of um, movies. He's a movie fan, but he only watches them like one time. Yeah. Which is interesting to me how he remembers what he's on.
0: Yeah, that's kind of crazy.
1: He came upstairs and I was just like a little dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Dad, I just watched The Apartment with Jack Lemmon. And he was like, oh, it's not a comedy. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> no. No, it was good. And he's like, yep, it's a really good. I'm just like, what do I do with this? I felt big feelings on a young person. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's a great movie. I'm sorry. I was reading something. So Shirley MacLaine was favored to win for her role in that. She probably showed up. It was an amazing film. Mm. Um, And afterwards, she says she lost out to a tracheotomy. Oh, shit. And Elizabeth kind of agrees. She did not like the movie. When she saw the rough cut of it, she said, this film stinks. No, this picture stinks. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. So uh, I didn't feel like it was the best role I've seen her act in either. No. Um, so when I heard this story, I was like, you yeah, know, that's probably what it is. It's kind of like how Leo didn't get his Academy Award for way too long. Right. And then he finally wins it for Revenant, which is not his best role. It's great. It's great. It's not his best role. No. And we were all like, well, it's just because it's time. Uh, we yeah. all felt shitty for so long. He deserved to get it. Right. He should have gotten it three times before now oh easily and and we were all just kind of okay with it (laughs) it's
0: fine that's what it it reminded me of
1: all right so we've been through a big chunk of elizabeth's life and Mm -hmm. i feel like a great place to take our break is before cleopatra i think that's perfect so we'll come back part two elizabeth taylor and talk about cleopatra yes and it will it'll be a lot it's gonna be a thing holy moly this woman (laughs) All right, I can't wait. We'll see you next time, everybody.